example. <clears throat> the airplane, okay, the body of the airplane, okay, is the Word of God and faith. Okay? The left wing is praise that keeps it up. Remember, faith, the Word of God, and praise. But there's an element missing because there's another wing. And that other wing is prayer. See, just praise, okay, and, and that plane's going to fall. But when you have prayer and you have praise and you have faith in the Word of God, then you can soar like an eagle. But when one of them falters, guys, okay, then you falter. And the body of Christ falters. I read, a, uh, I'm reading a book on, by Charles Capps on, on prayer. This year, God is uh, doing a new thing in me. Started out a couple of weeks ago when I started praying, God, this is a new year. Uh, you know, where, where are we going? What are you going to, where are you going to take me this year? And, and he started out and he said, it's about prayer. You need to learn more. You need to study more. You, you need to be more about prayer this year. So I bought five books I have on my desk, and I'm, I'm just eat, eating them up. And I try to read one or two or three chapters a day in, a, in one of the books plus the Word. And, and he said these words, Prayer is a key to heaven's storehouse, but faith unlocks the door. Okay? I want to say that again. It's so important to understand. The title of the sermon is Unlocking the Storehouse. Prayer is the key to heaven's storehouse, but faith unlocks the door. A prayer without faith is like a key without a hand to turn it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith in the Word of God, without faith in God, we can't move anything. And we can't go anywhere. Hebrews 11.6 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things. Where do we get faith? Romans 10.17 says faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. So the more that we hear the word, the more that we get it into our spirit man, the more our faith builds up. And when we have faith in our faith, and I want to say those words again because it's very important. It took me a while to get that into my register. We have to have faith in our faith. God's Word says every man's been given a measure of faith. But sometimes we don't have faith in our faith that God's given us to step out and do the works that He's called us to do. I remember the first time uh, I, I gave a prophetic word. Man, I can't tell you. I was... I, I was scared, right? I, I was fearful. I mean, that, there's always a gut check there, okay? Why? Because Satan does not want, okay, those words out because they're edifying to the body of Christ. A prayer without faith is like a key without a hand to turn it. We have to have faith, and it comes only. Can you hear me, guys? The Word of God. And hearing the word of God. I, I didn't have anything. Years and years ago, uh, I, I was absolutely a heathen. And, and Shauna married me anyway. 
and, and I didn't go to church. She went to church all the time. Never nagged me one word, man. Women, are you listening to me? Okay? But all she did was pray. And prayer moved a mountain in my life. And finally I went to this little church and Billy Sam was preaching. The whole church was less or smaller than that one section right there. And I never was our saviors. We met at the Seventh-day Adventist building. And I hadn't gone to church in so long. I was brought up Baptist, but that passed a long time ago with the alcohol and everything else. And, and so I just decided that God couldn't use somebody like me. And so, Shana, we woke up one day and I said, come on, it's good time. Let's go to church. I, I, I think it, it just blew her mind, you know. And so she said, all right. She jumps up, gets the kids ready. Here we go. We go into this little church house. And, and it's small, and, and she said, what kind of church is it? And I said, I don't know. The sign says Seven-Day Adventist. They didn't have the money to buy a building or, or do anything, so they rented the Seven-Day Adventist building. So we went in there, and, and my heart was so hard and, and, and so hurt, and I didn't want men to touch me. And I have to tell you, this is funny now, but it wasn't then. I walked in this little foyer of our Savior's church, Basil knows, what I'm talking about, probably, and the foyer wasn't that big. I mean, it was a little church, okay? And there was four men standing in the way. And I never will forget, as long as I live, Ronnie Long jumps out, and he's the first one. And he grabs me and hugs me, and he said, Brother, it's good to have you here. He had no idea what he was doing. I mean, after all the years of football and the hardness, and, the, and, and I jumped off of him, and John Holler, I mean, John, my mind just, what? John Pollock. John Pollock grabs me. Brother, we are excited you're here. He had no idea how I, I was unexcited now. And next thing I know, it, I felt like a ping pong ball. Choo, 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 choo. And I jerked up Mark, he's the littlest one, and I said, Shauna, if one more guy hugs me, I'm going to lay him out right here in church. I didn't have much heart for the ministry at that time. But I sat down in the little church, and Billy Simmons got up there, and, 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 and it was like the greatest breath of air that I ever breathed. Just like that, God just changed my heart. He took the hardness away just instantly. And all those years of, of bitterness and unforgiveness and pain and it was gone. We got out of there and, and Sean said, did you like it? And I said, yeah, the service is tonight and we're going to be here. I don't think I missed a service for years. Three weeks later, I didn't know Genesis I didn't know revelations. And Billy came up to me and said, Brother, I need something from you. So we had become just like that in a three-week period. I said, whatever it is, you got it. Don't ever say that. <laughs> Go pray at least, Lord, something, you know. I said, Billy, I'll do it for you, whatever it is. And he said, I want you to teach high school, Sunday school class. And I died in two seconds. 
I said, Billy, you know, man, I'm, a, I'm an idiot. I, I don't know. I don't know nothing. And he said, they don't either. You'll be right fit. <laughs> Son and I walked in there, and we had three kids. Three kids. I said, man, I can do this. Man, I started studying. I eat, ate the word, but it says what? Faith come by what? Hearing the word of God. So I would get off at work, and, and I wore a Bible out in the first year. I mean that literally. I've got it up in my shelf. I've got five Bibles I use because I've got five granddaughters that one day will get one. And I wore that Bible out. Every day I'd go, and it says by hearing the words, right? So I would go out there, and I'd read aloud. And I would start in Genesis because I, I like to start in the front of the book. I don't do like my wife, go to the back of the book and read the last one. I'm glad I didn't. I might not ever got out of Revelation. <laughs> But I started eating Genesis up, and I'd start talking about it, and I, I would just start regurgitating it. I'd read it out loud, and I got it in my spirit, man, and I was so excited, man. And then I went to Exodus, and I thought, wow, man, these guys rock, okay? And then all of a sudden, it got to Joshua, and I saw the warrior's heart in him, and I said, Lord, I fit in here somewhere, just like you do. See, I'm one of those guys that I try to put myself in their place. When I read the Bible, I looked at Joshua and I stood there and I thought, God, he had to have fear all over him. But God instituted something in his life and it was not fear, it was favor and it was boldness. See guys, somewhere, okay, you're in here and you're a part of it so strong, it will amaze you. All you have to do is read and get it into your life prayer. I didn't know how to pray. The only prayer that I remember praying was when I was so lonely at that lease house so far out in the country that we had no phone, one channel on television, and I had two dogs, and and it was hard. And I remember taking my guitar, and I went to the creek bed and started playing, and I asked God, God, would you send me a woman? And about 12 days from there, Sean and I had a date, and three months later we were married. God works quick, amen? You got to believe, got to believe, all right? The Word says, study the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 is one of my favorite scriptures. Okay, to study to show thyself approved, a workman worthy of his hire, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Faith comes by the Word of God. I want to read some things that, that what? Faith in prayer does for you. It says, prayer unlocks God's treasury. Some of you here today have great mountains in your lives. I was praying in the back, and every time I go minister, I always stand in the back. And it never fails that the Lord starts picking out ones that they have needs in their life. And there's one something in here today that I'm telling you, your finances, your debt is a mountain in your life. And you're at the point right now that you can't even see over anymore. It's gotten so high. But prayer unlocks the treasury, guys. Prayer unlocks God's gifts. I don't know about you, but when I read... Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and I looked at all those gifts. The first time I read that, I just went to 13. I said, I'll take a little love, Lord. Because I didn't know what it meant to walk in those gifts. 
But you know what, guys? I can honestly say this to you. I would not stand up here in front of you today without knowing that the gifts were available and God was going to use them through me today. I was preaching and, and got through with the message over at Trinity, and, and I never will forget, I stepped off the stage and would prayed for, it seemed like 40 or 50 people that day. And uh, Virginia walks up to me and, and grabs my coat lapel, and, and she was on her walker and grabs up and a godly woman and gets really close to me. I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, God wanted me to give you a word. And I said, yes, ma'am, I'll, I'll take it. And she said, God's going to give you the gifts that you've been desiring. And she said, and you're going to have all nine of them, but only when you need them. And I looked at that, and I want to tell you something, guys. It's one of the greatest treasures I've ever been given was that word. Because you get into situations, your wisdom is not enough. Your mindset it's not enough. But when God speaks through you to unlock the channels of the people, it's more than enough, always more than enough. Prayer unlocks God's anointing. I don't know about you. How many of you would like to have some God anointing this morning? Amen. Wouldn't you like to have, I, I mean, I love that. That anointing means the smeared on presence of God. All I can think of is David. When he was 18 years old, and, and here comes Samuel, and he takes that horn, okay, and we think of it as a little horn like that, and it probably was, but it was a full of oil, anointing oil, and he takes it, and he just pours it over his head, and it goes all the way to his feet. See, guys, when I wake up in the morning, I say, God, I need some of that oil smeared on me, and just, just smear it on. It means smeared on presence of God. How many of you like that? Just have God just go here, just it's a hot seat. <laughs> the smeared on presence of God. Okay? Prayer unlocks the chains that bind you. I I ministered to a lot of people over the last 25, 30 years. And what I see, how God loves it so much, is when all of a sudden he, he, he goes into somebody's heart and chains starts dropping off one after another, one after another. I, I never will forget I was in a meeting, in, in a counseling meeting, and, and it was kind of like a deliverance type scenario. And, and uh, I was with an older man that had such great wisdom, and I was just learning. How many of you know that you need to learn from somebody that's a little wiser than you? If you learn from somebody that's not as wise as you already, then you're not learning much. Okay? That's why you need to get in the Pastor Fraser's back pocket. Uh, no, you're not listening to me, guys. Okay? You need to get in that man's pocket. Because he has great wisdom. We were out at the barn, and the Lord showed me some things about Basil. And I hate to even call him by first name because I'm not worthy to do that, okay? And just like, can I just share my heart for a second? Um, Pastor Harold, okay? God has given him the title 
Pastor, you have not given him that title. God has given him that. Stand right here. God has given him that title. And it's a title of prestige, but it's a title of honor. And let me tell you something, guys. I'm offended. When I hear somebody say, Oh, Harold. I have an issue about that, all right? And my issue is this, that God has held him up. And he has lifted him up as pastor over this flock. But it's a lot more than what you can see. It's a lot more than what you see right now. Okay? His title is Pastor Pastor Harold. Okay? But we need men that have wisdom. Wisdom of the Word. Okay? Wisdom of the Holy Spirit, of what they fit into them over and over. I, I love the song. One of my favorite songs now, and I know it's kind of one of those crazy songs, but it's called City on a Hill. And it's by Casting Crowns. How many of you have heard the song? Not many. Guys, it's riveting. I remember I was preaching a message here in town. And I was in um, past Stephenville in a golf tournament leading a ministry part for a bunch of men from Colorado City. And so I just got this CD and I put it in and, and I thought, well, I just want to listen to that. And it came to City on a Hill. For 90 miles, I listened to the song and flip it back. Listen to the song and flip it back. And after about the 20th time I listened to it, it really started getting in my spirit, man. And then I began to cry and weep. My Lord, that's the church for today. Because nobody listens to the young. Nobody listens to the poor. It talks about the poets and the soldiers. and the, What a magnificent song. Here's my point, guys. Okay? It says in, 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 on the CD that the wise man didn't listen to the young. And the young didn't listen to the wise. We need mentoring so bad today in the body of Christ. Young men need to learn how to pray. And they need to learn how to pray from somebody that prays. Okay? I was ministering before we took our little break. <clears throat> on Thursday night, I was teaching. We've been teaching on in uh, First Peter, and it was an awesome night. Just a wonderful time with the Word and and people. And all of a sudden, I was getting through with the teaching. Before I even recognized what was happening, God was speaking. And Pastor Harold asked me, he said, "Would you bring that today?" And I'd been praying about what God was going to do this year. We need to be aware of our surroundings, what God is doing in your lives. And the Lord all of a sudden just started speaking through me. 
And here's what he said. He said, this is going to be the year of the shortest shutting door, and this is going to be the year of the revival of the church. You better listen to it all before you start clapping. Part of it's a great word, and part of it really steps on your feet. Then he went on to say that the shutting door part was going to be thousands, please listen to me, thousands of churches in America are going to shut their door this year. And some that are not going to shut their doors have already been shut. But it's going to be the greatest year for revival the man has seen in America in years past. Churches are going to step on and get on fire because of this right here. Because they're going to believe this. And they're going to start walking in it. And they're going to start acting on it. And it said churches will change cities in the year 2013. And I was telling Pastor Harold, and I said, Pastor, I said, that's freedom. I believe it with all my heart, okay? And let me tell you, please listen to me. I'm not saying this prideful or anything like that, but I would not be at this church if I didn't think the next step was changing this city. And Mario and Teresa know Sean and I well enough, and some of the others know what I'm saying is true. I look for a church on fire, and that is freedom. I look for a church that is not ashamed to stand up in the city and go, this is the Word of God, this is what it says, and we're not ashamed to walk in the Word of God. And we're going to pray for this city, and we're going to see this city changed. That's freedom, okay? The word freedom is what America was based upon. It's what they brought the word of God over and said, we want freedom to what? Share this without a shame, without being tried, without being condemned. We want to share the word. Prayer gives forth the light, guys, in a dark world. Prayer secures the world, the, secures the power of God. And I've never seen a time in my entire life that the people, the body of Christ, needed power more than now. And I mean that, guys. I'm serious as I can be. We were just in Mexico a few weeks ago, Sean and I and Mario and Margie. And Margie and Mario are right-hand guys in Mexico. And we pull up to the church. And I want to tell you something, guys. I have no fear to step my foot in places where other people don't because I know God's right there. And if he takes me home right then, then it's my time. But I'm going to preach the gospel to every man, walking, living creature, man, woman, child, until he takes his breath away and he takes me home and not no cartel member. And we pulled up to the side of this church and it's in a poverty, poverty area. We pull up and I look down the street and I see a guy on the corner. And he's only like about from here to the back wall. And I'm sitting there watching him. So as Mario Margie and the pastor, she goes, they're back. And I looked at her and I said, the cartel's back, aren't they? She said, yeah, they're here. They're here today. The people are coming in. There's no cars at this church because no one is poverty, guys. I mean, complete poverty 
And so there's no automobiles but ours. We're sitting there and we're just watching. And he sees us. Okay. And we kind of stick out a little bit. Can I tell you, there's not a lot of Americans going across the border anymore. There used to be thousands going across the border and feeding people, building churches. There's zero now. And we're sitting there. And it made them very uncomfortable. Looked in the mirror, and there's one standing in the middle of the road on the other end. I said, wow. I said, they got plenty of guns with them today. And she said, oh, yeah. And we turned around and looked. And here in a minute, all of a sudden, another man comes walking up the road. And he was he was coming from farther down than the guy selling dope because see one car after another would come up and he would hand them the dope and they'd hand him a roll of bills. And it was just like passing, coming in. And I said, man. And all of a sudden this guy comes up and he walks and he's right beside the car and he looks in the, in the pickup with us. And can I tell you guys, I've never seen a harder, colder looking person than that young guy. Amen. I mean, I'm talking about chiseled in iron. And he just stared at us. And he walked up, said something to the guy on top, turned around and walked by. And he slowed down, because I was watching out of the mirror. And he slowed down, and he stared, just watching us. He goes on down, and I just, I just start rejoicing for their souls. Because can I tell you this? Okay, If they don't get saved, they don't get their life turned around, probably none of those five be our dead. And so here comes a pickup now. And the pickup stops right in the street right in front of us. Right in the middle of the street. Just blocked off everything. Solid black. Couldn't sit there. Two guys in the pickup. And they're sitting there. They exchange money. And I'm not talking about a little bit of money guys. I'm talking about rolls of bills this big. And they're looking and talking. That was a little stressful. Amen. But you change stress and leave it and put it in faith. And you go, God, what a miracle you're going to do in their lives. What an awesome thing that you're going to do. And I said, all right, guys, let's get out. And they got out. Everybody got out on the side, and I kind of blocked the women so they couldn't see the women. And then we walked in the church and just began to praise God. We walked out of the church two hours later, and you know what? The streets were cleared. God wants his word out. And he wants when we pray to have authority because we're using the word of God. I don't know about you, but I like authority. Okay? Not in prideful, but an authority of God's word because his word means you have power. I love the story in 2 Chronicles chapter 7. And it's talking about Solomon. And it's talking about David's son comes in and, 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 and they bring the ark to the, to the temple. And, and Solomon gets up and begins to pray. Guys, I don't know about you, but what a prayer. You know, it wasn't like, bless this place, touch the ark, God, yah, rah, rah, out the door. I mean, I'm talking about a whole chapter of Solomon's on his knees going after God. Because he knows he cannot make it without God's protection, without his love, without his wisdom. And, and it says in, in 7 1, I just love it. Because that's what I prayed over this place this morning. 
And it said, and God heard his prayers and fire came down from heaven. Y'all like that? So y'all wouldn't mind today if God just sent the fire in here. Amen? Don't you love it? You, you know, God's power is shown in the word by fire. Okay? What in Acts chapter 2, what happened? He sent the Holy Spirit, God did, and it came upon them as like a fire. Everybody say fire. I remember being in Brownsville Revival. You got to be careful how you yell and where you yell at. But we had Angela Gomez, and boy, what a trip that was. We took a bunch of kids there, and me and Angela Gomez fell out, and we had to carry her out. So all the guys got her, you know, and she was stiff as a board, you know, and it was about 45 minutes, and so we just decided, well, we're going to have to go. We can't stay here all night, so we got to carry her out. So all the guys got their arms like that, and they placed her on it, and it was like, hee-ho, yeah. <laughs> What a trip. Fire fell in that revival, guys, because it was based on revival on fire and power of God, okay? That's what revival is, okay? You get the fire of God in your life, and you've got to share it. You can't hold it back. It's like a torch inside of you. And you just, men of, men of, of passion, men of compassion, that, that's, hey, would you kill this thing? I don't know about y'all, that's driving me crazy. See, God's looking for people just like you that would be willing to stand on a corner and share the blood of Jesus with somebody else. He's looking for people like you that walk in the power in the fire of God. Leonard Ravenhill once said, he said, they got touched by God and the fire went through their body and their mind. And he said, he just stood up on the stage and they came to watch him burn. Fire is contagious. Let me tell you something about a fire. In, 2000, in, in 2006, a fire came across our oil lease. It came across the, uh, from Barnhart over at Sterling City, went all the way to Water Valley, and it went right across our oil lease, and it burned everything to the ground. In 35 minutes, we lost $100,000 in about 30 minutes. The wind was blowing 45 miles an hour, but inside the fire, it was 75 miles an hour, the fire guy told me. Now, I don't know how they judge that, but they know. And it was burning so fast, guys, that all the trees that were standing tall, it laid them down. And they were all laid down in the same direction. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. And I sat there, and I literally cried, and I moaned because we'd lost so much so quick, and it was desperate. And I looked at that, and I said, God, and he gave me a sermon. <laughs> and that just like God took something bad and made it something good. And, and he spoke to me, and I heard these words, because you hear God all the time. And I heard his word, and he said, it's the fire is the wind. 
See, fire is God's breath coming out on you and instilling in you something that you can't or won't ever let go. And you will always remember it. I remember going to Brownsville to the revival in 96, 97, 98 and watched people transform. A young man sitting in front of us uh, in church, and he had 666 tattooed on his forehead. Now, I guarantee you that'll get your attention real quick. It was the meanest, ugliest-looking guy I've ever seen in my life, and he was sitting about right there. And I kept one eye on the stage and one eye on him. <laughs> and Steve Hill preached a message that I guarantee you it would save somebody that's already been in church for 30 years. And the fire fell in that place, and people come to the front, and it was like 400 people at the altar getting saved. And Steve was walking up and down the stage, and Charity was singing, uh, run to the altar, and, and all of a sudden, he just stopped. He just froze. I mean, just like a statue. And he looked up, and he stepped to the edge of the stage, and he pointed. And he said, if you don't come down now, I'm coming to get you. I'm watching this guy, and he jumps up out of his seat, runs down to the end. We're in the balcony. Flies down to the stage and then dives. And, guys, I'm talking about he dove and 30-foot dive and hit the stage. And Steve said, okay, now let's have the closing. That's the power of God. That's the fire of the Holy Spirit. And you know who limits him? We do. Because we think of this too much and not this. And we surround ourselves with our problems and not by faith and expectations. And God said, bring that to the table. Faith, hearing the word. The power of prayer is the key that unlocks the storehouse of God's blessings, God's power, God's anointing, God's gifts, God's treasury. And it's all for you guys. Can I never, I'll tell you this, I never preach anything that I don't believe and sold out 100%. Never. Every time we go to Mexico, or Guatemala, especially Mexico here living. We see people healed every meeting. Every meeting, we see people get saved. You know why? It's not because of our abilities. It's not about who we are. It's not anything about us, nothing. Because I'm not special about anything, nothing. but I know God is. And I expect. I walk with great expectation. I came in here this morning with great expectation. Not about our power, but about God's and about what He can do for you. I said before, God said He came to take away mountains in your life. If you pray, believe, okay, and you shall receive. If you pray and believe, you shall receive. That's what the Word says, okay? So we're going to do that this morning, okay? And I'm going to ask this.
If you've got a mountain in your life, and what I mean by that, you got bills stacked up, and you're going, man, there's no way out, okay? There's always a way out with God. I'm talking about physical. If there's a mountain in your life, I'm going to ask you to come up with, with the ministry team. Please come, Basil and Linda and the rest of the team. I'm going to ask this, guys, okay? It's 15 minutes to 12, so I'm, I'm finishing, okay? Now, I hadn't closed but once. That's a miracle. But if you've got a mountain in your life, you've got something in your life that you need to give to God. If you never received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, one of the things that I talk about in Mexico every time we go, Every sermon, every message has this in it. The church house cannot save you. Just because you've been going to a building for 30 years doesn't mean that you're born again. Only the blood of Jesus Christ can save you and redeem you. Amen? So if there's anyone here today, okay, when people start coming, if you've got financial problems, physical problems, if you got problems, somebody in here right now has got a situation in your family, okay, with a child. Somebody's got a problem in here with more than one children. You need to come. So I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask you to start to come. Give that to God. And let these giants of the faith pray for you. Let them anoint you. Let them speak into your life. Let that power come. Amen? Come, guys, come. Father, we just thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord. Come on, guys, come on. Thank you, Lord. The Lord showed me about nine in here. Okay, if you don't come, I'll come get you. Father, we just thank you. Everybody out here, begin to pray with me, would you? Father, we expect a miracle today. God, we rejoice in your power. And God, we ask in Jesus' name, send the fire, God. Send the fire, Lord. Prayer unleashes revival. So, Lord, we just bless you today. We just bless you today, God. Thank you for revival in the hearts of all of these, God. Thank you for touching these, Lord. Bless you, God. 